Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Maiden A to Z. Uh, my name is Eric. Your name is Eric. Indeed. We have with us also Henrik. I would say like first time in a while, but actually last week the live segment was on, which we recorded about a month ago. I'm, I'm yeah. back now, but it feels like a good while ago, actually. Yeah. So Yeah, right. Yeah. Also, your name is Jonathan. <laughs> oh yeah. Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah, there we That's go. my name. Mm. We have to introduce ourselves every single episode, I I guess. I think so. I mean, I don't know. I, I I sort of added an awkward pause here when I was thinking about the fact that I've gotten better at not doing not not adding awkward pauses. I don't, I don't like doing it, or I, I feels weird doing it. But in in doing that, you know, an awkward pause, you know, appeared. So here we are to prove the point. <clears throat> to to point. prove the point. Something I haven't mentioned in ages. It feels like is that we're on the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Yeah, com. Yeah, so you can check that out. It's us and I think nine shows more or something yeah, like that like it, yeah. by this time. All deep dives on certain bands from around the world. Yeah, what we're talking about before is uh, if one were to record um, a podcast on the subject of uh, what's it called? Household appliances, essentially. Household appliances, uh, fridges. Uh, dishwashers, uh, and you know, I mean, ovens and what? Well, like, yeah, so, so you know, I think we could. I think people got what we meant by household appliances. Oven deep dive, like an oven deep dive. Yeah. <laughs> oh so that yeah, be, that, that, that'd be fun for a very specific group of people. I don't know who they are and what is wrong with them, but anyway, um, not really feeling it. Uh, no. Yeah, we're closing in on Christmas. We got the biggest fan of Christmas in the house, Henrik Johansson. He loves holidays. Yes, I'm cheering uh, a lot, dearly and deeply. Mm. <laughs> At the same time, it's kind of apropos with Heaven Can Wait, I think. The title feels like... Christmas is? I'd not, I'd not occurred to me this very second. Um, A bit, right? N- nor, nor do I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven Can Wait. I know, no. I know. But well, okay. well, we can have some kind of Christmassy or seasonal thing going because the working title for it was actually Everything White. Everything white. That's very yeah. apropos because... Uh, household appliances in Swedish is beach water. <laughs> be like white wares. Everything white. Yeah. Everything white A to Z. Everything oh, white. Yeah. Well, oh, terrible. Terrible. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's go with first impressions then of this song. Let's oh. start there. For me, it was uh, I didn't have a good impression of it. I, I I didn't get the chorus melody whatsoever. I thought it sounded like something straight out of Eurovision. You know, take me to your heaven. Heaven can wait that sort of spirit mm-hmm. so like as a teen uh, this was by far my least favorite tune on summer in time what about henrik to me it was the second song i heard from the album and i thought it was i mean i was 11 years old everything was fantastic so i i wasn't really i, I didn't have that kind of critical well I, of course i was critical in some sense but not that kind of i was so into iron maiden and stuff so it was just fantastic to hear it and oh. it, it is very cheery i mean it's a 
major melody. I was into it immediately, I think. I think I was probably more critical when I was like in my early teens. I mm. was worse of a critic then, you know, more like, uh, I guess it was more important to my identity, how the music sounded, and this didn't jive with what I thought was my identity, I guess. Mm. You know, Eric, what do you think? Well, I remember thinking, because I, um, uh, when I saw the title, I obviously, uh, I put it together with, uh, I'd seen when I was in the States, like various, uh, advertisements or PSAs, public safety announcements about against like drunk driving and that kind of stuff. It would be a thing about having Kuwait essentially, you know, referring to, you know, you know, don't do this. So you don't, you know, fucking die and, you know, potentially, you know, go, go to heaven, I guess. So I associated, I, I assumed, so I assumed I already had a connection. There was going to be something about death related or, and for me, when I first heard, I, I think I felt it sounded a bit cheery or a bit like, like it, has, it has a very cheery, upbeat kind of vibe to it. Hmm. Which I, which I wasn't really prepared for, I guess. But also, I think first time I heard it, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I think I um, the very fast uh, singing or the, or the chorus melody, the chorus melody also was a problem for me. The, at least in the beginning, it took me a little while to get into it. Uh, now I love it, but um, it, you know, initially I, I didn't, didn't didn't vibe with me. The cheery nature of the song mm. comes from, again, from that, you know, when, when they play major, they usually go in D, and quite often they do a mixolydian mm. quite thing, which makes it the same keys as in E minor, mm. which is obviously is what they do all the time. So, like, uh, E mixolydian, no, D mixolydian is close to that. And this song, Number the Beast, uh, Parts of Drifter, a few other songs uh, utilize this happy, happy maiden mode. So in a way, for me, I always felt a bit of a number of the beast sound, you know, melodically. And also I would address that it has that Lord of the Flies ACDC vibe almost to the a bit of a rock rhythm for Harris, uh, I would say. Yeah, it's very rhythmically driven. I mean, the riff is a rhythm yep. and and you have that sort of like going from the fourth to the fifth in the da 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 da, da thing, which is right. sort of like rem reminiscent of, as you say, Lord of the Flies and the more mm. riffs are usually melodies in Maiden. So yep. this is more like the- A riff. Uh, yeah, it's more of a riff really, yeah. Mm. I think it's a pretty cool riff. You have that cue, the synthesizer or bass mm. and then you have that riff coming on top it's nicely produced i think yeah. nicely arranged help me out you know the recent material a lot better than i do is there any other maiden song that has that kind of drone in low note at the beginning because to me that was one of the more odd things with the song i think uh fraternity should fail has got that not not, not quite the same but it does have a it does um, have a drone in the beginning but then it doesn't really you know it's not droning in over a Another part, it's almost like the, yeah, the, the whole intro true, is yeah. built on, on, on that kind of droning sound. And then in comes the Lawrence of Arabia pan flutes that we promised Greg to address in, the, in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, promise will be kept, Grego. Yeah. But um, yeah, this song, it has been a grower, I would say, for me. Like, it's a very Harris type mm. tune. So uh, at first, like, my, my teenage self felt it was too cheery, or, you know, however you pronounce that word correctly. Mm. And uh, then... Yeah. You, you did it. All right, cool. Uh, and then uh, well it goes, uh, it goes some places. 
that's what I like about the song. And that's why for me now, it's a song that I really dig. I've seen it live. I've enjoyed it live as well, because it's a bit of a journey, mm. I would say. Um, it, it's a kind of progressive track in its own way. You know, it's not full of uh, hard riffs in uh, odd time signatures or anything, but the build of it, I would say, is, uh, makes it a progressive yeah. made in tune. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I, think I, was, I sort of agree, because it has the... It has the elements of going from a riff into a chorus and, and stuff, and then you have the middle bit with the solo and the half tempo and stuff. So I think it's, I was almost going to say well-crafted, but then I bit my tongue. I don't know why, but. Uh, <laughs> You're not going to go with that far. <laughs> not sure. Uh, no, but I like it. I think that's the thing that I always liked that song. I mean, even when they, to me, it was a song that they had always played and they always played in, at, in the beginning. And when I saw them from 1990 and the through the 90s, they always played it. So it wasn't, I mean, it was one of those songs, well, for God's sake, can't you change it for something else, you know? Yeah. But I always yeah, liked yeah. it. And that's. I, I have a theory on why they always played it, mm. because Smith left the band and then they had maybe had to do something of that album or at least felt they had to. And they didn't want to do one of his soul credits. Because it wasn't in the band. Yeah, but they did do so, Wasted Years. Rarely. I mean, Blaze told us, among others, that he always wanted to sing it, yeah. but he wasn't allowed Yeah, to. okay, yeah, you're talking yeah. Blaze. Yeah, I saw yeah. about 1992. Blaze, Blaze would yeah. have sung that better than many of the songs he was forced to sing. But yeah, that's another chapter yeah, entirely. But also, like... Uh, definitely uh, better than I don't Heaven think Can Wait. I don't think they played Wasted Years on, uh, on the tours of No Prayer and Fear of the Dark either. They, I'm quite they sure they did. They did play on, in 92. I'm... Very sure about. I, don't ask me why I'm sure about that. For an entire tour, because it's not on uh, Donington. It isn't. I don't think so. No? no, I might actually have to swallow my words here. I'm not. And, and and it's also so not you, on the 1990 Hammersmith um, Sledgehammer, which Wembley really thing. should say that it's not been played. Then it wasn't played a lot. I think it was played in '93, which is a continuation mm -hmm. of the '92 tour. Yeah. It's probably on a real dead one. Yeah. No, a real live one. Live yeah. one, yeah, because the then it was one. still new, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they did play it with Bruce there for a bit, but um, it's been it was fairly disincluded in the nineties, and I think that's where kind of Heaven Can Wait stepped in as a full-on Harris track and as a representative you, of, of that record. That might be a very good point, actually. And also, it's the only other tune they ever really play from Summer in Time. Yeah. Post post summer in time world tour, which which is it yeah. is the only other right? Yeah, must be. I mean, they haven't. They did. I mean, was it like three or four gigs? They played Stranger in a Strange Land in '99 in the US, but I mean, yeah, correct. Yeah, and they didn't play it that well. I looked them up, and I don't think. You no, know, it, it I, didn't. I see gel. why they disincluded Stranger because they didn't really jive with the tempo. At exactly. All. They thought the tempo was really weird with it, and I agree because it sounded really yeah. odd. Let's listen to a bit of the talk on 
how they produce this album. And then we thought, hold on a minute, you know, we're running out of time here, we better, um, we better get something done. You know, turning the page over and getting on with it. And uh, we went back to NASA and did the basic, uh, the rhythm tracks there. Compass Point was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was like, are we, are we uh, on holiday? Are we working? Oh, yes, we'd, you know. So we'd get up. It was a kind of start early afternoon. You get up in the morning, go for a swim, lay by the pool. And we'd gradually ease into the day. But I think we recorded half of the album was recorded there. We'd done the rhythm tracks there. But, there, you know, there was a bit of a bone of contention about guitar sounds and whatnot. So we shifted it over to, to Europe, Whistlelord Studios, to finish it out. We basically did the rhythm tracks there. So we lived in Amsterdam for six weeks, which is kind of quite an exciting place to live. <laughs> <laughs> The studio was actually quite a way out of Amsterdam, but no, and it was in the middle of nowhere, you know, windmills, dikes, the uh, lot, you know, and no one wanted to stay out in the studio, so we had to commute uh, back and forth. But it was a great studio. Everybody had collective guitar synthesizer madness because the first guitar synth had come out, you know. It's a bit different. It's a bit commercial, isn't it? You know, is it? As far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm, I am not about the music. I mean, I love the music, I love what they do, I'm a fan. Whatever they give me, I think it's the best thing made anyway. You know, got a lot of faith, basically, in the, in the band's talent. Because I'd, I'd written quite a bit of stuff on Summer in Time, I actually went to the mix in uh, New York, which I didn't, never really used to do. Stuff like the guitar sound was a bit more lush sounding with the amps we were using, and also the snare drum, whereas Nick tunes his snare very high. We were trying to get it more round sounding and uh, maybe a little bit of reverb on it, you know. So we fattened that up a bit. We had the keyboards, we had the, had the guitars, had a bit more effects going on so it wasn't so dry. I remember we went back to some Flash Hotel in, uh, in Manhattan. It was me and uh, Martin Birch, but we'd taken a mix back to the hotel to listen to it. I had a little ghetto blaster in the room, so we had a couple of drinks, and I'd said to the guys in the bar uh, that Tom Jones, the famous Welsh singer, was, uh, was lurking about in the bar. So they didn't believe me, they said, I wouldn't be in there, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so we went upstairs, and we put the uh, put the stuff on and listened to it. And there's a knock on the door. I open the door and there's, and there's Tom Jones standing there. And he had a bottle of champagne, cigar. He had the old bow tie a bit loosened, you know. And he said, oh, lads, uh, he said, I heard the music. Mind if I come in for a listen? So uh, that's my Welsh accent, by the way. And uh, so I said, yeah, come in, mate. <laughs> Have a seat. So uh, he really liked what he heard, you know. He said, oh, that sounds really good. Tom's sitting there, pouring champagne, smoking. He stayed there till about four o'clock in the morning. Tom Jones, big fan. What I really wanted to emphasize on there, that's kind of, you know, interesting on this, on this album is uh, Adrian's involvement in the sound. Mm. Talking about even going to talking about the snare drum yeah. uh, and how he was somehow involved in that. And I've always been a big fan of the production on this album. I think it sounds mm. stellar and I think it's a very unique sound. It's not just like, you know, 
standard issue, great sounding pr- pr- production, rock production. It has uh, some attitude of its own, I think. It's a, it's a very unique album for Iron Maiden, but I, I haven't really thought about if it... I mean, yeah, of course it stands out in the 80s as well, because it's not as effect uh, flooded as most stuff were back then, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it kind of is, but it is with a style to it, I would say, with a design to it. It still sounds very Maiden to me. It's like yeah. Iron Maiden went into the future. Simple as that. Or they caught up. They caught up <laughs> yeah. with the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. And uh, I mean, this song has no futuristic thematic to it. But nope. I would say that most songs on the album has a time theme. And somehow this is time too. I mean, having can wait, mm. it's, it's not ready for me yet. That kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Well, about running out of time, perhaps even, or, or, or not running out of time. Not, wa- not wanting right, to run out of time. Yeah, there right, you go. right, mm. exactly. You know, it does have a very um, unique sonic identity. It sounds very, you know, it has a very, uh, you know, there's bits like I mean, I, again, I say this is going to sound really arrogant, but like to so much like a casual lis- listener or an untrained ear, you might be, or even to me sometimes maybe, if you play a bit of a another Maiden song, you, you, if you just play like a certain, like a really short snippet, you could maybe, you know, check that someone that the certain song was a different album, but it's, it's from this album, you'll always know which yeah. one it is because it sounds very Clear. unique uh, for that. Identity. And, uh, yeah. I actually went to songmeanings.com. This one ties back to last week, so I thought that was interesting in a way. And this is uh, Al Chan commenting December 22nd, 2014. So very, very, very fresh. <laughs> to me, this song is sort of a spiritual successor to Hello Be Thy Name. It seems to have a couple of similarities musically and lyrically, um, but in this song, uh, the narrator lives in the end instead of dies. Uh, what I find really powerful is the segment when God speaks, in parentheses, I believe, and it says, take my hand, uh, I'll take you to the promised land, uh, I'll give you immortality. Um, you know, all that mm. kind of stuff. And uh, he turns it down because he's not ready to die yet. And uh, mm. um, I mean, it's not that he doesn't believe in the afterlife. He's not ready to go. I, I'm not scared of dying. I'll go when I'm good and ready. Mm. So that marks a contrast to Hell Be a Name, where, you know, the line, life is just a strange illusion. In this case, he really puts, you know, emphasis on life and uh, not being done with it. Mm. And, I th- and I think that sort of theme has been, I mean, Steve has mentioned that in interviews at the time as well. I mean, it's, it's sort of about that. Uh, N- near-death experience. Near-death experience, exactly. Near-death yeah. experience, mm. yeah. There was another comment on Song Meanings that it seems to be about that, and mm. quite common in rock. You know, a lot yeah. of guys, Phil Anselmo has, you know, claimed that he died and came back. Nicky Six claimed he died and came back. What a mm. pity. Dave Mustaine claimed he died and came back. You know, all these three guys have big egos. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, I think I don't, I don't think there's very many people shaking their fists at the screen. <laughs> three big egos, and they all claim they've been through this. And in Harris's case, it's obviously a dream. Once again, it's a dream. Or is it? Is it just a crazy dream? You know. It could be. Or sort of, this might be a possibility that I just found like three three movies with this as a title. Yep. Having dealing with, with similar subject matter. He might have just, you know, gone to the movies. Yeah, right. One from forty three, one from seventy eight, I remember. Mm. Yeah. I think there's there's a couple more. But yeah. So um, All Chan comes in again a year later and <laughs> with more comments. Upon further consideration, it seems the song mm. is presenting kind of a Jewish As per my email. <laughs> exactly. <Sorry. laughs> So, this is good though, Eric, so don't joke it away. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Upon further consideration, it seems this song presenting a kind of Jewish view on heaven. 
Jews have a long-standing tradition of believing in an afterlife, but not considering it especially important. What really matters is living and fulfilling life on Earth to the, the maximum extent. And um, uh, lyrics like, there's so much left undone, because I have no fear of dying, I go when I'm good and ready, relate to the idea that he knows there's something on the other side, and he's not afraid, per se, but he doesn't want to go right now. I don't know, I haven't studied Judaism a lot, but uh, I think it's an interesting... Uh, connection there i i don't i don't i don't think i don't think that uh not believing that like anyone is you know faced with you know intimate death i'm, I'm the uh the oh this is weird this is happening now i'm really not ready i don't think that's ex- exclusive to anyone that can that can be i think it's quite you know, universal yeah mm. yeah yeah of course and i don't think i don't think harris was studying like uh, torah or something when he wrote this no no no, no. but uh no but i mean i guess it's interesting on a human on a human level, more so than theolog- yeah. theologically, you know, it's just like a, it's a pretty good song theme, mm. I would say. Very honest. Yeah, I think anyone can kind of relate to some degree, or if they, if they, if they, if they, uh, at some point, everyone is, becomes aware about the fact they're going to die at some point, and you know, yeah, yeah, and also you know, as you, as you get older, you think about it more. So I think everyone kind of can kind of relate to you know the you know feelings or about this on this subject matter. You know, not everyone has near death experience, I don't think, obviously, but uh, which obviously this song sounds like that's what it's sort of right, you know, more about. But you know, just the, the general thought of mortality is also fairly universal. Mm. And on song meanings, other guys come in that I'm not going to directly quote, but other guys come in and tell of their near death experiences and like I was dead for 15 minutes and I saw the tunnel of light and. You know, nothing is the same after this, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So I, th- I think it's, right. it's something, it's you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a judge if this is a, actually a thing or not. And I, I think in Steve's case, again, it was a dream. He didn't have a near-death experience, but it seems to connect. Yeah, it's a fascinating subject. So, I mean, and that's what he wrote about. So. Mm. It's also, it's very, it's very, there's no, you know, there's no, I mean, you can ask some people, they would disagree, but it's also, you know, uh, at the, you know, no one really no, no one knows what happens and if you know you you're not you're not able to tell anyone about it pretty pretty mm. much so you know so right uh and you know who knows what who am i to say like i said it might, it might be what that guy saying about the tunnel uh if it is it's going to be that way even if i don't regardless of me worrying about it or not so i'm not going to worry about it you know right I, I still think about it but you know it's you know i i don't know that you know i do things again i say this now maybe, maybe i get like hit by the bus tomorrow and see a ton of light and then i have to I don't know, start the the you know, kitchenware podcast or something. From heaven. From heaven. <laughs> or hell. Yeah. Or, no, 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 in this case, it would be near-death experience. So then I come back and I do that. So I don't know, maybe, maybe it does change you uh, a little bit. But, you know, every every sort of traumatic, you know, life-changing thing I've had, after a while, you do kind of get back to business as usual. Yeah, that's a good thing. I think it depends what it is. I don't think it depends what business as usual is. Right. There's also a little bit of an, a dramatic arc, I think, in the lyrics. The first verse mm-hmm. is very... Naive, you know, can't understand what what, what is happening to me. Mm. Uh, only a dream, and so on. Never felt this way before. Is it now? Could it be the angel of death has come for me? I don't feel ready, uh, and so on. Uh, in the second verse, I think he's more concrete with the, I have a lust for the earth below, and hell itself is my only foe. No fear of dying. Go when I'm good and ready. Snatch a glimpse of the lights, eternal rays. I see a tunnel. I stand amazed. So there, that, mm. that stuff comes. I wish I knew this was only just a nightmare. So that seems almost in hindsight. Mm. You know, now he knows. Yeah. He wish he knew then. Yeah. 
Then you have the whole uh, middle bit, which we'll get into more later. Uh, mm. In the last verse, I think he's the least naive, because then he's considering options. Is this a limbo, or heaven or hell? Maybe I'm going down there as well. Can't accept my soul will drift forever. Uh, and then he kind of, at the end of that verse, comes back. You know, feel myself floating down back to earth. Mm. So could this be the hour of my rebirth? Uh, so it's, it's kind of a, it's not an epic tale whatsoever, but it has a, a dramatic arc to it, I would say. I, 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 I totally I, agree. I, I, I'd say maybe it kind of is, maybe mildly. It feels like it all occurred during a very short time, which makes it less, less true, epic. But mm. it was also epic, epic emotions. Or what do you think, Henrik? Yeah, but I, I do agree about the... I mean, I mean, if we're going to go into the lyrics and the story, I mean, it is a dramatic thing if that's happening. And we have so much... Yeah, I hesitate to call it evidence, but we have anecdotes about people experiencing this. And so there must be something yeah. going on. And it's a very fascinating idea. Maybe because I'm fascinated by it myself, that I think that it is actually a good story... As you say, it has a good curve to it, mm. and yep. I don't know musically if it connects at all, but I mean that's that's the music he happened to put those lyrics to. So, yeah, I guess uh, we've been on the lyrics for a bit now, mm. and uh, we could get in on the music. Uh, I would say that all the the kind of happy parts in the beginning maybe it doesn't connect so much to it for me, but uh, I would emphasize on the middle bit being what this song is about musically for me anyway. Mm. Well, yeah, there's a, and this might be the first time, as far as I can recall, and I might be, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I'm pretty sure I am wrong, but never mind, I'm going to have at it anyways. Because um, it literally in the song, this is the, there's the oh, 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 you know, bit. Yep. Uh, and, and you know, is it, 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 it's got to be one of the first um, appearances of that on an album. Uh, not, 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 not in general, but for them at least. Is that, because am I correct or am I incorrect? I think I'm incorrect. Maybe because, you can't count Trooper. That's not a whoa, whoa part. That's the chorus. Whoa, no, it's not. whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. But the whoa, whoa, we have it in after the solos in Run to the Hills, then. We have the yeah, yeah that's thing true. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's different. That's kind of a yeah, but crescendo. It's, but it's still, a, it's still a thing that the audience connects to. And, and you know. Yeah, well, that's true. And also, I mean, with that logic, I guess for, for the Trooper would definitely count then. But then let's not leave the topic completely. No. What, what I think Eric is talking about is the prime example would be Wicker Man, you know at the end whoa, yeah. that thing and then of course uh whoa 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 yeah, whoa, I, whoa whoa uh, and is that the first pure whoa whoa part i'm sure it is i think it? it might be actually yeah I don't it might think be you, yeah. you're necessarily wrong there i can i mean go look at me big right and stuff it needs to be a melody we can't count the oh's in the duelist i mean it no, exactly. No. That's mm. not a whoa, whoa part. That's more no. like a accent of some yeah. sort. I, I don't know what I would call a, that. A British yeah. accent. I, 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 that's, one, that's my British a, accent, by the way. A British accident. <laughs> yeah. So I have a problem with my keyboard here. That's why I'm banging it. It's, it's just spewing out A's. Okay, maybe now. Is it A's like... <laughs> 440. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so what I'm doing is I'm operating by mouse instead of keyboard, and maybe I can get to where we want to go. Is this A440, by the way? This could be A440, even though the song is in D. It sounds like they put an A underneath. Yeah. Heaven can't wait, heaven can't 
don't know what backing riffs. Somehow action filled, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent solo part. And this, I think, is somehow something of uh, brilliant simplicity. Somehow, it's so simple, very effective. Key change again to A. This is such a charge up. It's charging up. And I don't know what you guys think about the wall walls, but I think they're super effective here. I enjoy it. I mean, so, it works. Yeah. I've always lived with the song, so it, I mean, if it would have come out now, I probably would have thought differently. But and then guitar on top here. I love that guitar. That's great. Yeah. It's a beautiful guitar. Probably Adrian. I would say, I would think so. Yeah, sounds like it. It really complements the part. Mm -hmm. Unrelated question. Yep. Uh, is your keyboard issue the reason why in the chat before we started, you, you posted a solitary A? <laughs> exactly. <Okay. laughs> so I would say about the last part there as well. Uh, it's a clever way to get back to the key of the song. It's a smart way, very non-theoretical way, I'm mm. sure, of, uh, of uh, moving in between fields mm. within the song. And I would say the whole middle part for me is a kind of maiden bliss. You know, it really it works, it just works for me. Cool arrangement, nice add-ons, the little layering guitars on top of it. It's just good. I, uh, I hope we get to hear it, hear it again at some point, even, you know. Uh, I've heard it live twice, and I think Henrik may have heard it more, live. More than that, yeah. More than that. Uh, I guess, uh, what's it called? Uh, Setlist FM can tell me how many times I've heard it. While you look that up, Eric, what do you think the song live as compared to the Summer in Time version? I mean, it, um, some of the sort of like... Um, cool sort of somewhere in time kind of nuances sound wise you know don't you know kind of disappear in a live you know setting obviously uh but 
it's yeah, it's always it's always a fun song. Um, it's one of those ones, like I said, it's almost eight minutes or it's like seven minutes something, seven twenty one, I think. But it doesn't feel like that. It, feel, it flies by. Uh, it's you know it's um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it in the live. Um, uh, the first time I saw it live would have been two thousand three, I think. Yeah, I would agree, and I would say that I think a reason they played it so much is that it fits a different Maiden sound. Mm. It fits the Rocky kind of. Uh, Fear of the Dark sound or No Prayer sound, even. Uh, yeah, it yeah. works well with Jan. Uh, you don't need Adrian necessarily for this song. I don't know about the solos when Adrian is out. Uh, no one can really reproduce his sound, mm. but uh, the, the overall uh, sound of the song is kind of a, could be a rocker. It doesn't necessarily have to be yeah. a futuristic Iron Maiden song. You know? Yeah, I never really thought about Janik uh, doing anything to add to or not or subtract to the song, but I mean, what I always had a problem with is that when they get to that middle bit and the half tempo that they speed up in the half tempo That just felt. I don't. I'm not going to say lazy because it's actually more work to do so. But it's adrenaline. I it's think. adrenaline. I don't know. But they. But they did that a mm. lot in songs in the 90s. I don't know. I mean, Wasted Years had three different pulse tempos. You know, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> more than more than you need. Yeah, for definitely that, for that tune. We should get in on that thing, right? The whoa, whoa. We've already been on it a bit, but there's a, mm. there's a story to that. Yeah. Uh, nowadays they bring up, uh, you know, chosen few of, uh, of the audience to do it you can apply you can be in a contest or whatever it is to join in i think it varies how they pick that um right but the original version uh to send it back to you henrik the original version was recorded in a pub i think with a lot of the crew and also a person that uh, you met and talked to yeah the thing is uh, i mean it's all it's all recorded in the studio in Hilversum, the whistle or uh-huh. was it whistle or whatever? But it's it's uh, uh, allegedly guys, the the crew from the from the pub they used to frequent when they were there, that they sort of brought in. And this pub was supposedly called Teches Bar, which oh. is why you have that on the cover of the album as well. Right. You have Teches mm. Bar. Yes, yeah. I read somewhere that they recorded the 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 choir part, the gang vocal in that pub. Yeah, okay, I haven't read... And that would kind of make sense to do, because you don't have to bring all that, you know, all those guys into the studio. You can just set up a mic. Yeah, but you have to bring a 32-track tape machine there to do it, perhaps. Or maybe you put it on a cassette or something, and you play play back the cassette, and I don't know, man, I don't know. No, 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 I'm not not convinced about that. I think it's a studio thing. The thing is... uh, Do you think it's layered? Do you think they put in, like, uh, 15 guys times three times four, or do you think it's all, like, one big choir I mean, if it's if it's a really a, a gang, I mean, I'm sure it's su- sufficient to have just one take of them. That would be the coolest if it was yeah, yeah. just one take. I mean, normally mm. what you do, what I would do in the studio when someone needs a gang vocal is I bring in the whole band except the singer, and yeah. I and I track them five six times. So it's like and you would ask them. them to make different voices also. So. Yeah, in Sweden we call that <laughs> yeah. hockey car, hockey, exactly. hockey choir. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa! Shot, shot, boom, shot, shot. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> But yeah, what I wanted to get to, you met Peter Lugkrans. He's back in the fold again today. He's Steve's masseur and and um, bodyguard. Yeah, he used he used to do security entirely in from 1984 onwards. 
in the 80s. The late 80s, and then he came back in 03, I think. Something 03, like that. I think yeah. it was, yeah. And mm-hmm. you met him, he's been on a couple of Swedish podcasts as well, and he's yeah. on the choir part of Heaven Can Wait. He's, he's doing the singing. He's on yeah, the studio album. Yeah. And I said before, he's maybe the only Swede that was ever on a Maiden studio album. Yeah, and he's the only one who can't sing that has sung on a Maiden album. That's what he says as oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah. He so, said he, he yeah. can't take a note for shit. He said, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. you get lost in you get lost in the choir, right? That's the point of yeah. a hockey choir, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing to do because they'd never done anything like that, yeah, either before or after. So yeah, and uh, bringing other people in. So for me, that's the part I want to get to because you said uh, you don't know if the music necessarily connects. To the lyrics. I think that's the part mm. that connect to it. You know, you can imagine the pearly gates and uh, St. Peter or whatever his name is. You come up and there. all the people standing there They're in front, front of me. me. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you come up there and he's standing <laughs> yeah. there with all his heavenly people and they're just like very, very pompous. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. And he's, he's, mm. he's turning it down. He's not ready for it. Heaven seems like a, a bit of a trip, but uh, I'm not going to do it. Mm. Yeah. It's not, go- it's not going. Heaven Can Wait was one of the songs they considered to be the first single from the album. And they did a single edit of it. I've never heard it. And it would be very interesting to know. Because Ooh, the logical way to, to edit it would be to remove the middle bit completely. And then you have a shorter song. And a shitty song, I would say. That would ruin the song. I'll see if I can find it. Uh, no, you can't. You can't because I, I don't know anyone who's heard it. So I'm sure you can't find it. But I could emulate it. You know, I could make an emulation of it. I mean, we, we, yeah, let's sit down and do different edits of it and see if we end up with something listenable. <laughs> yeah, why not? We did that even for Gates of Tomorrow, me and, a, and one of our listeners, a Norwegian listener, we, we did edits of, of that song. Let's try and make it uh, better. But this song, I agree with you, uh, Henrik, yeah. this would mm, suck mm. if they edited it down to a, to a rocker. Mm. Yeah, so much of its identity would be yeah. lost, I think. When and they... for me, it's all in the middle. I started off the episode mm. by saying I didn't like it when I heard it the first time. I do like it now. And it's all because of that middle bit. That's that's mm-hmm. it for me, you know. I, yeah. Of course, by this time, there's a certain feel to the jolly chorus. Uh, I think it's a good chorus. I think it's well written, mm. and even the verse mm. and the kind of I like the the tempo. You know, it's kind of up tempo. It's it's good. I've I've always had a problem with the vocal melody in the chorus, though, because Bruce insists on singing the major major third all the time even uh, over the f chord which is really it really hurts my ears but it's not the best <laughs> melody i think and i think it's again very well, the melody is okay but they could actually follow in the modulation it would work i mean yep yep, yep. Well, they just never did they're not yeah. theoretical you know not at all no they're not at all and uh, well, that's another story it's still i mean I'm, i still stand by what i heard when i was a kid which is that the chorus mm-hmm. has a quality which is eurovision song contest compatible you know it has that kind of quality you could easily imagine uh, charlotte pirelli i actually yeah. met her i met her in a gas station once in the middle of the night in dandrid in stockholm she was uh-huh. very 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 friendly that's good it's, 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 it's a human yeah, being yeah, yeah. yeah no, actually it was great are, you yeah. know like yeah. kept the door open to the to the milk products, to the loo to the milk products kept it open yeah oh yeah and, and, you know and nod and a wink hello yeah. in the middle of the night mm-hmm. maybe steve would have done maybe steve would have done the same i'm sure he would yeah i think so he's famous for refueling in the middle of the night as well so <laughs> is he and he, as infamous, he's infamous holding doors up to, <laughs> yeah. for smashing, uh, to smashing doors, holding no, no, dairy smashing products. doors into fa- faces of fans. That's what he does. Dairy product doors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
we, we addressed Mikael Okrans, uh, the, the bodyguard. Peter Okrans, yes. Mm. And he has a job that he, he's supposed to be the bad cop at all times, you know, telling yeah. the fans to fuck off. And then Steve, you know, scolding him like, you dick. Why, do you, yeah. why are you telling my fans to, to stay off? And then Steve later telling him in the cab, well done, good work. You yeah. Know? It's a smart dynamic. It's, it, I That's think it's a very good, dyna- I mean. it's a smart dynamics to do so. I mean, yeah. Because he gets to keep uh, close to the fans, but he doesn't have to bother with all of them. No. And he may, I mean, if he needs to go somewhere, he needs to go somewhere. And then Peter makes that happen. So, yep. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Imagine yourself having a, an assistant like that, just making your life it. easier at, at every turn. What if, I, what if I do and you don't know about it on Captain Secret? I, I mean, okay. uh, if, yeah. if you have an assistant. Yeah, like a bodyguard. But I don't, I, that'd, be no, that'd, be no, that'd really be just pissing my money away because I don't know what it is. <laughs> Personal bodyguard <laughs> following you wherever. Yeah. yeah. It'd just be annoying. Do you have anything else on, on the tune, Henrik? I, st- I still like I I've always liked it, and I still like it, and I think I do like it a lot more because of the inevitable sort of like nostalgia thing that comes with it as well for me now. But I do I do like the vibe of it in general. I've always had a bit of a problem with all. I'm not saying the modulations are bad, but to me it was really weird the way they modulated. They could have gone to other places. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's that's just a matter of taste, really. I guess. And also, like Steve, he just modulates, right? He doesn't give a fuck. He's just going to no, modulate. exactly. And uh, mm-hmm. he's writing maybe in a linear fashion, I feel sometimes, that he's not looking back a terrible lot, you know. He's just moving along. I happen to be sitting here when you get to the prophecy. Then we can talk about weird modulations. But yeah. Or weird, co- weird key changes, rather. Right, right. Well, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. That's a, while, that's a while, while in the future, I'd imagine, at this point. It is. And tail gunner, but that's even further further ahead, so... I've lost my every thought in my head, but I'll try to get it back. Here we go. Yes, yes. All right. Yes, that's what I'm doing. Yes. All right. So, uh, should this go on the list? Henrik first. Yes, it should. Eric. Yes, it should. Oh yeah, and uh, I was uh, on the ver- on the kind of on the cusp. I don't know. Uh, I was on the fence, but I will say yes anyway. Mm. I was leaning towards yes, and with two other yeses, I know wouldn't even have any impact. So yes. disposition. Some great of you may be worried as to your ultimate destination up there or down below. Some called heaven can wait. That's it. Yeah, next week is is obviously Christmas Eve. Indeed. And uh, we'll do some kind of Christmas show, including Henrik, of course. Well, (laughs) if you want some kind of (laughs) a different approach on it. or (laughs) Maybe you and me, Henrik, we can do a solo one where we're we're just shitting on it, on the whole thing. We'll we'll just make it without informing Eric on when we're recording. (laughs) 
Yeah. And then, but also, I'll do a solo one where I'm just very excited, but just in silence because no one's ever recorded for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and it's okay because I'm filled with the Christmas spirit. Also, I, I'm fine at Christmas. I, I don't fucking love, you know. I mean, compared to you, I'm, I guess I'm, you know, a huge fan. But I mean, I, I actually I like it more in the last couple of years because it just kind of calmed down. The whole thing calmed down in my, you know, in my life. So it's now it's easier. Yeah. I don't have to have a join a big gathering. I don't have to hype up. Uh, it's way easier. We don't have to eat that typical food either it's okay food but it feels like for me i don't want to be forced to eat you know sausages no well, let's eat something else no, i mean for me for me it's there's there's a bunch of christmas movies I like watching I, I i go celebrate my girlfriend's family on christmas eve i do celebrate my family on christmas day N- none of it's particularly you know difficult and stressful so at, at the moment That's i'm good. enjoying it yep um but again, like I, I would have been just thrilled a few years ago. I was just thrilled with me just watching movies with my dog alone. Like I'd watch like five or six like movies in one day. That was lovely too. Yeah. Um, what are your favorite so, Christmas yeah, think, movies, Eric? Oh, oh, I don't know. Maybe we should save that for next week. Okay. That's probably okay. what we probably should. Good idea. Maybe do a quick rotation, and maybe maybe we can keep, we'll be under an hour on this one for the first time in a while. Actually, we're always efficient when Henrik is in somehow. <laughs> yeah. Like it's way less bullshit somehow. Because <laughs I'm not receptive to it. I don't know how to respond. I can't really continue the banter, you know. So I'm just yeah. perhaps, yeah, perhaps you're a you're a unique character in, in the fold. I would say. Yeah. Well, so what have you been listening to, Henrik? How have you listened to lately? Oh, that's a very interesting question. Uh, I am now trying to see if there's anything on the turntable and there isn't uh, public service broadcasting a british band the birds fly a lot better than we do see how they wheel and bank and fly perfect and all in one wings body tail all in one Two and three guys, and they are looping stuff and playing. It's fantastically good, I think. Wow, nice. <clears throat> looping is, is an art of itself. It is. To not make, to not make it too monotonous mm. and uh, keep building it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I think it's pretty hard. I tried myself. I meddled with it. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I haven't had really good loop uh, resources yet, but I am working on it, both analog and digital. Uh, question for you. What do you think about the new Porcupine Tree song? I liked it. Uh, I never was the biggest Porcupine Tree fan. I like Stephen Wilson a lot and stuff, but aren't uh, you obsessed with that drummer? But the, yeah, the, I like the drummer as well. But I was never a big fan of Porcupine Tree as a, the music okay. they did up until they they stopped. You know, so. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting, and it's possibly because I also listened a lot to Stephen Wilson stuff that I sort of like have become more used to the idiom. Mm-hmm. Like the Raven refused to, who refused to sing. I think stuff, yeah, or? I think that's a. It's one of the best songs for me. That's ever. a very good song. Yeah, very very good song. I mm. like it a lot, and it's a, it's kind of sad and moody, but still with some kind of power. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, I it's like that. Bombastic in a way. So. Yeah, bombastic, sad, moody, but mm. there's something. There's some strength. To yeah, it, I think. totally. Great song, that. but I mean, mm. you more than like Gavin, right? 
You adore him, don't you? Now I wouldn't say adore, but I do really like. I don't think I adore anything. I I just like I just like a lot. <laughs> By measures of normal people, you adore him, but you don't adore anything. So okay, yeah, possibly, got it. yeah, got it. yeah, gotcha. It's semantics. Yeah, definitely. I mean, adore. It's a big word. Yeah, but it's also a big. It's five letters. A, a, a door is something between two rooms. So I don't know. Uh, very good. Uh, I'll, okay, I'll come in with my recent playing. Yeah. The vinyl bunch here. We are starting with this. Waiting for the sun. The uh, doors. The doors. Uh huh. Not the a doors. door. Not yeah, a door. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not a door. A door. The doors. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, cool album. Uh, yeah. There's a very metal song on it that you can check out called Not to Touch the Earth. Uh, very mm-hmm. metal for 68, I would say. Mm-hmm. House upon the hill, moon is lying still, shadows of the trees, witnessing the wild breeze. Come on, baby, run with me. Let's run. Then uh, Roxy Music. I tend to play them as well. Is it was that the stranded country life? Country life okay. Uh, mm. Yeah. I never learned the covers. Kind of the best bass player ever, John Gustafsson. Mm. It's, it's just whoa. Okay, Beatles again, Revolver. Mm, cool. Yeah, great album. Don't need to say too much about that. Just awesome. And uh, finally, uh, Billy Cobham Spectrum. Haven't heard it. Oh, you it, should check it out. You yeah. like it, I think. But is it fusiony or is it? It's fusiony, but fusion for people, not for musicians. Ah, you know, people's it's, fusion. Uh, mm. People's fusion. I would say mm. it's like you know they they deliberately didn't make it sound too flashy or odd or weird. Mm. Uh, it's kind of funky and fun. And just a great album overall, I would say. Mm-hmm. So um, I haven't listened to it very much. Okay, so on Saturday I was at a gig, so I saw Wormwood, um, Before Rush, and a couple other bands. But besides that, like a podcast I listen to has been doing a they do, every year they do a forty eight uh, hour long uh, live stream where they you know they raise money for a, a dog charity. So I've been listening to that most of the time. So I really haven't listened to music in like forty eight hours at this point. For the greater good of dog. dog. The, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, you want to check it? The, the podcast is called the Movie Crypt. 
Um, and the, the, the marathon is called Yorkithon because they do it. It's about specifically about Yorkshire Terriers. Yeah. And they have a lot of, a lot of cool guests and whatnot. It's, it's always fun. So besides that, but also I guess Wormwood and, um, there's a band I hadn't really heard up until Saturday called Meforash. Uh, I don't know where they're from. Um, but they kind of, they also have like these masks and stuff. They kind of look at image, image wise, uh, remind me of, they kind of look like, like kind of look like ghosts used to look, but they, and they sound like I hoped ghosts would sound when I saw pictures of ghosts. Because you know, because the first time I saw pictures of Ghost, I assumed it was gonna be a lot heavier than it ended up being. Yeah, yeah but Ghost is basically like Charlotte Pirelli that you and has been going on about. Yep, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not too far away. <laughs> yeah, and I would say in a good yeah, way. So I think it's to their benefit that they actually are that hitty and poppy. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. I'm sure, I'm sure it is to there, but I mean, what's the point? And of- they don't need. They didn't need you really, right? <laughs> like they're doing fine. No, there you go. They're doing. They're doing good. Yes, they're doing good. Yeah. Uh, they're, I, I think these kids have a future. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I, um, no, but I just, I like the imagery and whatnot. And I assumed that's, I so I assumed there's going to be a lot heavier than it was. And then Mofarash, uh, sound like I just sort of assumed ghost was going there's, to sound. There's, that, there's that's like a meme of ghost online where like an uh, image and you see a very dark castle. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. And mm. then in reality and you see a Disney princess castle. Mm. I think it's worthy of the position they have. Like they, uh, they or Tobias himself worked worked into that you know it wasn't like a banana skid success i, I don't think no know? it's been very conscious as i understand yep. it so yeah, yeah yeah and always doing parallels to maiden and metallica what they would do on the fourth album or on the fifth album you know looking back and trying mm. to recreate that which i think that could come off as completely retro but it's not really it's more of you know being inspired by the overall overall arc of a band rather than just a riff yeah or a song or a tune which is smart i think you know you mm. can get inspiration for that too they did a really good Rocky Erickson cover, which I probably their best tune is that Rocky Erickson cover. If you have ghosts, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I was gonna. I think it's their best tune, even though they didn't write it. But you know, they covered uh, your yeah. cherries on Beatles track as well. Well, which which one? Here comes here comes the sun. Also very oh, good, you know. Yeah. And when he sang uh, "Sympathy for the Devil" with the helicopters in Swedish television, he, that was his uh. best vocal performance ever, I think. Did but, did, did uh, George I mean, Harrison do that? Z- no, no, uh, Tobias. <laughs> yeah. <and Ghost>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. Oh, oh well. Oh well. That would have been that would have been a hell of an event if they'd somehow resurrected George Harrison to come back and perform a Rolling Stones song on Swedish television. <laughs> What's your guys' favorite Beatles? Uh, George or Paul? It's gonna be Paul for me. And Paul for me? Yeah. No, I'm I'm telling a lie. His name is John, and he's dead. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we mm. got one George, one Paul, one John. That's pretty yeah. cool. Mm. And then honorable uh. mention always goes to Ringo Starr. For staying alive. Yeah. 
looking really good too. He uh, looks uh, great uh, uh. for his age. Oh, he looks better he looks now. Amazing he for his age. He's like 85. <laughs> I don't get it. A good surgeon or something. Surgeon Pepper, I guess his name is. Surgeon Pepper so, yeah. has been at it. <laughs> He's been having at it. Yeah, I, I think the thing for me, like depending when you ask, the man will be slightly different. So that's like we we once discussed on this pod my favorite Ghostbuster, and that answer also will be different depending on right. any number mm. of things. Uh, so, but yeah, I'd say George or you know Paul. Generally the, the reason I pick Paul is because from all the cool kids, he's never the guy, you know, he's always like, he writes the sappy love songs, he writes the poppy tunes, so I feel like someone has to come out and just tell the kids how good he is, and that would be me. Yeah. yeah. But also, if you look at like, you know, he, he also was kind of the guy towards the end who kept the machine rolling forwards, yeah. you know, not, you know. So. And I mean, also, you you had the, the Revolver album there, I mean, he, yep. he wrote one of the I, I might say I think it's one of the, the actually the best Beatles tune, and that's Eleanor Rigby. Yeah, I think it's one of the best songs ever. Yeah, exactly. So cool that it's so short. It's two minutes flat. It's just perfect. And it's got all the bits of a, of a very good song and a curve and everything going on. Yep. And on the same album you have Tomorrow Never Knows, which is definitely my favorite Lennon song. So. And then uh, Got to Get You Into My Life just before that is one of my favorites. Also clearly mm. Paul tunes. Mm. He's a pretty good songwriter. He is. Yeah, he's doing all right. Much like Ghost, I think this kid is a future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've been made in A to Z. We've been talking, heaven can wait. Yes, we have. Do you have any final thoughts to share with the world this time around, Henrik? Not really. <laughs> it's a minimalistic nor- northern Swede. Well, well said. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say, up the irons and Scott from the north. Jag räknar på att den har kostat två öre i timmen. Ja, men det är, det är fan value for money. Dator är typ det billigaste man har i sitt hem, om man ja. tänker efter. Mm. Precis. Make a bang for your buck, som man säger. Mm. Mm. Datorn och ugnen, typ, eller spisugnen. Jag har aldrig köpt en spis, jag vet inte. Nej, men du har ju det ändå. Man ja, ja men det, hyr, när man det ingår i hyran för mig. Ja. Ja. Jag har inte heller köpt. Nej. Nej, jag tänkte ni var så här hyresrättsmänniskor. Nej, bostadsrättsmänniskor. Det kan man ju börja ah, köpa. Erik lite grann tror jag. Du har köpt någon gång. Jag har inte. Jo, det har jag. Uh, kan vi inte prata om vitvaror ikväll? <laughs> Bostadskarriär. <laughs> Bostadskarriär A till Z. Precis. Bostads... <laughs> Fan vad tråkigt. Ja, vitvaror A till Z. Det blir ja, en kockare. Ja, ja. Vi renoverade precis rätt tid där innan värddyckningen. Ja. <laughs> Fan. Usch. Jag fick redan lägre lust. Det var kul att bara så här spela in en, en alltså för jag har ingen aning om jag pratar om, men det var kul att bara så här fejka, alltså bara i den mån det går att försöka fejka en hel timme av nonsens kring ett ämne man inte har någon som helst aning om och se, alltså för in, ingen man känner kommer att lyssna på det, för ingen är speciellt intresserad av undrar Erik och Henke och jag inte tycker det gäller vitvaror <laughs> som, en parodi. <laughs> Nej, men som en parodi på en podd kanske och ja. vitvaror <laughs> Precis Vi ja. driver med vitvaror mm. In elaborate ways <laughs> ska, vi, ska vi räkna in? Jag ska bara nu. Ja. Okej. Okej. Vänta, 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 vänta